0: Hey, welcome to Sensual Self. I'm Evian Whitney, and this is a space for you to slow down, tune in, heal, and feel the sensations and pleasures of your sensual body. Thank you for being here. Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode of Sensual Self. How y'all doing? You doing okay? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I just got back from a nourishing and expansive trip to Petaluma, California, where I was amongst cows and trees and open skies doing some somatic training and practicing. I haven't talked about this much because I'm still in deep process about what all of this is meaning for me, Um, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited about what's emerging through this deep study and certification that I'm doing right now. I'm really excited to be taking steps to hone these skills of embodiment, which is something that I've talked about so much on this show. And I'm also really looking forward to deepen my practice around somatics so that maybe I can get back into working with people privately again, which is something that I used to do a lot, um, but I haven't done in a long time and I've been really missing it. So that's what's been going on over here over these last couple of weeks. Uh, I hope that you've been feeling well and good in your body since we last spoke. So as we get into this episode, I just want to mention, I've been really liking posing a question at the top of each episode to get us thinking about and feeling into our own bodies before we begin to explore the upcoming conversation. I don't know if this is something that I'll do every time. But it's been feeling nice to start there. So I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) And so today I want to ask you before we begin, do you have a consensual relationship with your body? Do you listen to and oblige the messages your body is telling you daily to rest, slow down, to say yes, to not do the thing? Or do you tend to override your body? forcing it to do and be and experience things that it doesn't want to do. And with this, I'm not talking about the annoying things most of us absolutely have to do with our bodies, like paying bills or going to work or other forms of adulting that are just a drag I'm talking about the moments where your body is giving you a clear message to back off from an intense stretch or to go to the bathroom because you've been holding your pee for too long or to sit with and acknowledge the grief that is built up in your chest and your throat. In those moments when your body is speaking to you, do you listen to it? Do you honor the needs of your body? Do you practice being in consent with your body? Now, I know the word consent is a word that we strongly associate with the ways we're in relationship with sex. But consent also extends to the ways we're in relationship with ourselves and the functions and complexities of our physical and emotional bodies. Body consent is about nurturing a connection with ourselves where we heed the messages of our body, however inconvenient, and foster a sense that the voice of our body can be trusted. More than anything, body consent is about respecting your body's boundaries its yeses, and its nos. Being in a consensual relationship with our bodies is a foundational piece in not just listening to our bodies, but understanding what feels pleasurable to us, what feels like an enthusiastic yes to us. And to get there, we have to feel ourselves. We have to feel our bodies. We can't be in relationship with our bodies, consensually or otherwise, if we're not in our bodies. How many times am I going to say bodies in this episode, (laughs) y'all? I'm making a point though. I hope you're following along. And look, I get it back on the topic of being in your body. I get it. Being in our bodies can be hard. Listening to our bodies can be hard, especially if we've made a practice of dissociation if things like trauma or societal pressures have kept us in a state of dissociation as our baseline. But in order to feel good, in order to explore the delicious nuances of our sensual selves, we have to forge a healthy, responsive, and kind relationship with ourselves, one that takes the needs, wants, and desires of our bodies seriously, even if we've been told to Push past pain or tension or to override our emotions. There's literally no other way around it. And all of that is what we will be exploring in our conversation today. Today, I am speaking with my partner, my lover, my husband, and my dear friend, Jonathan Mead, about the practice of body consent. Jonathan, if you didn't know, beyond just being my husband, is a movement and body relationship coach who helps people who are stuck in patterns of pain and tension reclaim trust and freedom in their bodies so that they can dance, move, climb, run, even pick up their kids without fear. Not only does his work help people have less aches and pains in their bodies, They also end up feeling more grounded in themselves, better able to take up space and feel at ease with how they move in the world. The work that he does is so powerful, y'all. And um, you might know Jonathan because he has been on this podcast many times (laughs) to speak about our relationship and our sex life, but never as an incredible human doing this amazing work in the world that he does. So I'm very thrilled to highlight him, to introduce you to him again, and have you all get to know what he does, which I have personally been so inspired by. We do talk a little bit about our relationship in the beginning. We give you all a little update about what's transpired since we lived apart for a year. Uh, And for those of you who are not familiar with that whole story, you can check out episodes 48 and 49 to hear all about our LAT, living apart together relationship. So we talk about that, but we mostly spend our time talking about his work, about the toxicity of fitness culture, about being kind to our nervous systems, and how we can start mending a relationship with our bodies that can help us access more softness with ourselves. And yeah, this conversation was really lovely. I love listening to Jonathan speak about his work, and uh, I hope you do too. So I'll leave you to listening to this episode, and then I'll come right back with a practice to help us explore what being in a consensual relationship with our bodies looks like. Oh, and if you think you'd be interested in coming to a workshop that I'll be co-teaching about being in your body and sensuality and pleasure, stick around till the end for more information. I've got a little something for y'all. Okay, enjoy. My love... Welcome back to Sensual Self.
2: Hello, it's good to be here again.
0: I am so happy to have you back again. Um, Before we were recording, I mentioned to you that you were the most repeated guest I've ever had on the show. And I think it's because you have a lot of privilege being my partner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm so happy that you're here.
2: Yeah, it's an honor. Um, It's an honor to be your partner. It's an honor to be the most repeated guest on Sensual Self. So yeah, definitely excited to be here, excited for the conversation uh, that we're going to dive into.
0: Yeah. This conversation is going to be a little different. Um, I typically in the past, you have come on to talk about our sex life or our relationship. And um, maybe we could talk a little bit about that at some point, just to give folks an update, because I know y'all are nosy. <laughs> uh, but today, I actually wanted to highlight you and the incredible, brilliant, important work that you do as a movement coach and a space holder for people who are wanting to connect more to their bodies. Um, I think it's important for me to say, like, before we get started on this, on this conversation, that I think I might have said this before, either to you and or on the show, but you have been one of the biggest influences for me in this realm of exploring somatics, embodiment, pleasure, and really healing the relationship that I have with my own senses and my sensuality. Aww. And one of the reasons why I'm so deep into this work and really in this, this space that I'm in right now around diving deeper into somatics and embodiment and what it means to feel the aliveness of my own body is because I feel that you are a walking representation of what it means to honor your body, to listen to your body, and to take care of it in ways that I feel our culture has discouraged us from doing yeah. so i just wanted to say thank you for the light that you shine not only just to the folks that you work with but the way that you've influenced me to get into my own personal journey of connecting to my body and connecting to pleasure both personally and professionally <laughs> um yeah thank you i love you
2: Ah, uh, thank you baby it's of course, an honor and a privilege to get to share my passions, um, my journey with you, and yeah, it's been a, a blessing and, and a privilege to see you shift and grow more in in tune with your own body and and um, dismantle, unlearn all of the. You know, toxic messages that you've been given about your body, um, like so many of us have, um, and to see what what happens when you are uh, more fully in tune with yourself, at you know the deepest level, uh, and to see how that um, impacts our relationship, impacts the re- other relationships that you have, um, but also just to get to see you feeling more, um, at home and at ease in your body. Mm. And, you know, that's just one of the sweetest things for me to get to witness in anyone that I, you know, I get to work with, but especially you, um, because of the, the special place you have in in my life. And, Mm. um, yeah, it's, it's really, when I think about it, that's, that's really what's at the core of my work and has become over time more and more the core of my work. At first, it was more like about, you know, unlocking capability and skill and strength in the body. And um, those things are still a part of my work for sure. Um, but I've realized over time, like the, the most important thing that I can help other people with and that I try to help other people with, is is this feeling at home
1: Mm. in your
2: body yeah and feeling like your body can be your home which you know I know for you um and for so many of us like that hasn't been the case and Mm -hmm. that's a hard thing that's a hard thing because you know we are embodied creatures and to not be able to feel like you can be okay in your own body that's 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 really rough you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Our relationship is really special because you have really watched me over the course of almost 16 years change and grow and heal and backstep and start the cycle all over again. And um yeah, I, I think that because of the close and deep relationship that we have, I imagine that um, this area of embodiment that we're talking about, you've witnessed a lot in me as I've witnessed a lot in you in the ways that you're able to occupy not just your physical body, but your emotional body and your sensual body and your pleasure body. Um, So yeah, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about like who we are as we're coming to this conversation with each other, like the history that has taken place in order for us to have this depth of intimacy and communication with each other. And, um, I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling really grateful, really, really grateful.
2: I feel so grateful too, because you know how, when you're doing healing work and you're doing deep, you know, work on yourself, trying to unlearn you know really harmful core beliefs or trying to heal old wounds from childhood or you know from you know m- more so about the body like you know a lot of messages we get about trying to look a certain way or perform a certain way from you know just um you know culture at large but also you know a lot in my work is fitness you know, un, unpacking, unlearning things from fitness culture. When you're doing that, it can feel sometimes like a a mess. It can feel like things get a lot worse, you know? Um, I know that was certainly the case for me, like starting to really go deep into some of these these layers of um, stories that I've held in my body and ways of being that I've held in my body. Um. But once you really go through like that I don't know dark dark night of the soul or whatever you want to call it, um, it it can get better and and through doing that stuff, you can start to create more space in your body and your nervous system to have more pleasure to feel more at ease, to feel more grounded, resourced, all of those things and as you were bringing that up of just like you know, the history of our relationship and where we are now, it just made me feel really appreciative of, um, kind of both of our past selves, I guess, for having the courage and the willingness to, to, to do this work. Um, because it's not easy. It's, it Mm -hmm. it can be scary. It can be hard. Um, but I'm, I'm really grateful to those versions of ourselves that chose to embrace, um, the journey and it feels good. I mean, it's not like we're done or we're, you know, it's all, (laughs) it's all over. I don't know when that ever happens, but, um, I can feel like we're in a different place now, you know, um, than before. And that feels really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we jump into your brilliance, I think it would be kind of fun to just do a brief relationship check-in because the last time you were on my podcast, we were living apart and we were exploring what it looked like for us to intentionally separate so that we can create more closeness with ourselves and with each other. So things have changed and I thought maybe we should... Talk a little bit about where we're at now, how we're feeling, what we're up to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah, a lot has changed, huh? Um, Yeah. Since we had that year experiment, that was a crazy, potent um time for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where you want to start with that, but let's, Mm. yeah, let's talk about it.
0: Well, I mean, I guess I just want to say, like, spoiler alert, we are back to living together. Uh, We started living together in 2021. Is that right?
2: Yeah. We're back together. We're in Los Angeles now. Yeah. sun.
0: Yeah. You know, something that people ask me, um, I've gotten interviewed about this, and I think some people in the past have been kind of shocked that we're no longer living apart, that maybe they expected that this was going to be a long-term decision. Um, And for me, I really loved the time that I had when I was alone. I really loved figuring out who I was and thriving and shifting in new ways. And then it got to a point where I was like, I really love who I am when I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to I wanted to be with you. I just it, it there was a certain period of of living apart where I was like, okay, I feel complete with this. Like I feel like I got everything that I needed from it. I feel that I've learned everything that I've wanted to learn. I mean, of course, there there was a um an impetus for us to get back together because, you know, the world was seemingly falling apart. Um, But I, I feel like even before then we were having conversations where we were feeling into this, this chapter wrapping up. And I, yeah, as, as, as much as I'm grateful for that time that we both had apart, I'm very, very happy to be living back with you again and to, to have to have a different way of operating in our relationship because of that time that we spent apart together.
2: Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I will say too, you know, from the very beginning, we it's interesting that you have that kind of response from people when you talk about us being back together. Cause in the beginning, I mean, no one knows what was going on in our relationship, but in the beginning, it was like we chose to do it from a place of self-discovery. And being able to focus on ourselves and who we are outside of our relationship, because I mean, 15, I guess it wasn't 15 years yet, but um, I don't know, 14 years or whatever it was. That's a long time to be with some person. We got together really young. So um, I think that was you were the one that was driving it, but I was I was on board with it, too. And from the start, we never had any like fixed, real fixed plans about how long it would be. We we said, like, oh, maybe six months, and then we'll check in. Mm. I remember us checking in when it got to about six months, and we we're like, we could both, you know, benefit from doing this longer. Um, I was learning a ton about myself. I was getting closer to who I am and realizing who I wanted to be. Um and Yeah, I think we decided like, oh, yeah, well, let's do this a little bit longer. And we thought maybe we would do it for a year. But I remember as we were getting kind of to the end of that year, we were both feeling like, okay, this is cool. But we miss, you know, being in the same space as each other, snuggling, like Mm -hmm. that intimacy that you only get from being, you know, in close proximity.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't want to spend the next however long we have uh, with this episode talking about us. I specifically wanted to highlight you and the work that you're doing because I find it to be radical. I find it to be important. I learn something from you every single day, and I thought it would be really wonderful to bring you on to give these dear listeners some perspectives about their bodies and some practices that they can take with them to soften and bring more connection to the home that is that is their bodies um and yeah before before we dive in i wanted to just like ask that you formally introduce yourself as you know who you are and and what you do
2: yeah i'm i'm trying to think of I have done that I'm not sure but I
0: don't think you have I think Mm -hmm. this will be the first time (laughs) because every time you've come on the podcast you've been like my husband so like yeah
2: (laughs) I'm I am more than Evian's husband (laughs) Um, but I'm happy to I'm happy to play that role you know Mm. Um, so hello uh I'm Jonathan I am a movement coach and really um at a deeper level of body relationship coach, and I realized that what I saw kind of going through my own healing journey, uh, with my own body, you know, recovering from, uh, really beating up my body a lot, never taking the time to heal from injuries, um, overriding my body's energy levels, um, kind of holding, you know, shame from, uh, different things that I learned about who I'm supposed to be and from culture at large, like as a man or as a, you know, a good person, all these, all these different layers were kind of shaping, um, my experience in my body. And it wasn't, it wasn't good. And I tried to solve that challenge from just a, a kind of, uh, I guess you could say muscles and joints level, you know, uh, what I mean by that is like, if I could just, I don't know, do the right stretches or, you know, strength exercise or something, then I could, um, feel better in my body. Then I could reclaim freedom in my body. And what I realized is that, um, that is, uh, that's just another, Uh, Manifestation of our culture being so fragmented. Yeah. And how we like to compartmentalize things. And that works for us in certain ways, I think, to help us, you know, communicate and understand things and study things. But when it comes to the body, like our bodies are um, multidimensional, our bodies are um, our beliefs that we have about our bodies, our stories that we're carrying about ourselves. And it is our posture as well. It is, you know, the range of motion that we have in our hips and our ankles and um, all these things come together to form and inform our experience in our body. So somewhere along the way through, you know, kind of like just hitting my head against the wall, not not figuring out how I could feel better in my body and also wanting to help, you know, my clients um, create deeper levels of change. I realized that what was really at the foundation that I needed and I needed to um incorporate into my coaching is um really fundamentally healing the relationship that you have to your body. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that's the journey that I've had to go on is uh realizing like all this stuff is not working for me, and then realizing like, oh, actually I'm not the one that's broken. It's that our model of how we think fitness and health and all these things are supposed to be uh is is very limited and doesn't work for so many people and um what i see that's really unfortunate is oftentimes people blame themselves rather than and there is a certain element of course of personal responsibility and everything but a lot of it is actually like just broken systems hmm. um, broken paradigms and so that's really at the core of of my work is helping people kind of understand that, unpack that, um, take on a different paradigm. Um, and then of course, you know, create practices and rituals and, and things to help them, um, heal their their bodies.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. What was coming for me as I was listening to you speak, and I've thought about this before, um, about how, it seems as though the only system or structure that we have for connecting to our bodies in a physical movement type of way is through fitness. It's through going to the gym. It's through exercising. And um, and I know that that's just one aspect of coming into your body, of, of connecting to your body, and also how, like, fitness culture is – Pretty unhealthy in a lot of ways. And I, I wonder if you could speak to that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, fitness culture is really often at its core about performance. Yeah. Um, and it's about really kind of telling your body what to do. The way the way fitness culture is set up is about, you know, like, okay, if I can run this far or, um, you know, lift this amount of weight, then I've achieved something, right. Then I can feel good about myself and, uh, fitness as we know it now actually sprang out of training for sports, Hmm. right? Like the, okay, here's, here's the kind of one of the core problems. There's, there's a few core problems, but one of them is that you know, we evolved as humans, right? I try to take this anthropological lens in in my work as much as I can. We evolved as humans to, to move our bodies to live, right? To like pick fruit off of a tree and to go walk to the stream to get water and and squat down and then, you know, pick up and carry our, our children and, and, and do these basic things just, just to live. But we've, you know, outsourced a lot of movement from our lives, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And our modern culture. And that's had some benefits from us, but we're, we're not, we're no longer aligned with what our natural, you know, biology in our tissues expects us to be doing on a regular basis. So it would be good for us. We can't go back to living as hunter gatherers, right? That's not realistic it would be better at least if we simulated or tried to simulate what we might do you know as best as we can in our modern lives to move in a functional you know uh primal natural way but instead what we w- because we don't have a culture that thinks holistically or that really thinks from a big picture instead what we got was okay We know that your body needs some amount of movement and, you know, um, self-care. I wouldn't even really call it self-care, but your body needs some amount of exercise, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just do this sport related thing to help you feel, you know, get something out of it. The problem is so many people have, you know, that's not a, that's not a not only is not aligned with your biology, but like what happens if you have, you know, uh history of injuries what happens if you've been sitting for years you know at a desk job or just you went through school and you sat for 8 10 hours a day right or you wore shoes that kept your feet from being able to function the way feet are supposed to for decades right you have these underlying uh, you know weaknesses or lack of mobility in certain areas and then you try to take that to a gym right or a fitness routine that is was never designed what we were supposed to do, you know, uh, the way we evolved to move and live as humans, then, of course, when we you know, try to go through hit routines or we pile weight on top of a compromised foundation, of course things are going to um, falter, right? Of course, we're going to have injuries or nagging pains and aches. And the, what I see is people come to me and they're like, "I don't know why this didn't work for me." Right? Mm. maybe I'm just messed up maybe I'm just broken and that it's not that you're broken like your body is capable of so much healing it's capable of so much adaptation but it's capable of adapting in a in a way that helps you or 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 maybe your body's always trying to help you but if you're doing things like you're sitting too much or not moving enough then your body's trying to adapt to help you with that, right? Mm. Um, but that doesn't work long term, right? At some point, you need to move in a different way. So, anyway, my point is, of course, that if you try to take your body that maybe has, you know, these limiting patterns, we're not even talking about emotional stuff either. Too at this point, like mm-hmm. you can have holding mm-hmm. patterns in the way you hold, you know, try to round your shoulders to hide your heart from the world. You can have your pelvis kind of lean back habitually because maybe you're, you're trying to protect that private, intimate, you know, vulnerable area as well. Right. All these things are, are, are influencing and, and, um, interacting your, with your body. And of course, if you take it to a gym and just try to pile up, you know, um, weight on top of it, things aren't going to go very well. Um, So that's, that's a part of it. And what I try to help people with is like kind of learning that a little bit and then figuring out different things that you can do that are, that are going to be more helpful.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. What I've seen you do in your work is you really help people mend a relationship with their body, not just like what their body is able to do, but how they're able to listen to their body and be in right relationship with their body. And something that's come up for us as we were talking about creating a conversation together is this concept of body consent. And I'm thinking about that in contrast to what you were talking about earlier about how fitness culture is you essentially telling your body what to do and overriding your body's pain signals. Like the whole reason why we have that phrase, "pain is weakness, leaving the body." I feel like that came through fitness culture. and i'm I'm really I'm really interested in what it looks like to not just identify these patterns of overriding the body, not just identifying these patterns of I'm only in physical relationship with my body when I'm trying to force it to do something, a movement, a stretch, a weight lifting that I, it doesn't really want to do or whatever. But I'm, yeah. I'm also interested in like what it means to formulate a relationship with your body that is consensual and beginning to repattern these, um, I guess, habits of overriding the body or trying to force the body to do something that, it's not, that it doesn't want to do.
2: Or it's just not ready for at that time. Right? right. Maybe it's not the wrong thing ever, but it maybe it's not ready for it right now.
0: Right. Right. So I wondered if you could just um define what body consent is. Like what what does that mean to you?
2: Yeah. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. Cause I think it really helps clarify what's going on for most of us in our bodies. So most of us without realizing it are because we've been trained to and it's become it's normalized, right? We're overriding our bodies all the time, right? Um, our culture is a very mind-oriented culture. We value the mind a lot and that helps us in some ways, but it also really limits us in, in other ways because we've made a hierarchy out of it. It's not that the mind is bad, but we we made it to be that the mind is is better and the body is is like less than. It's at a lower level. It's of the flesh. It's of the earth. It's of, you know, there's, of course, a religious, you know, element to that, probably a puritanical element to that, um, that we could, I'm sure, trace back to like somewhere in, you know, fucking Europe. That's, <laughs> you know, at some point, that just seems where like all the bad shit started happening. Um. Anyway, right? Because of that, we have this hierarchy, right? And that we, whether we realize it or not, so many of us are living from this kind of mind uh, dominant perspective and a top down perspective. So what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is that mind is, is kind of telling the body what to do. And we have this underlying relationship that the body is an inconvenience or that the body is just there to kind of lug the mind around. Yeah. That's the way I lived for a good solid chunk of my life, without even realizing it to be honest with you um and I would get mad at my body i would you know for not behaving the way I thought I was supposed to or for 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 having pains or tension or whatever, and the reality is like it wasn't my body's fault. <laughs> It wasn't my body's fault. It was just the way I was taught. I wasn't taught to listen to those signals as if as information, right? So, one of the things that I think is really helpful is to start thinking about, you know, the body as, you know, giving us these signals uh, whether it's pain, whether it's tension, whether it's kind of tiredness or you know, sometimes it's antsiness or whatever. All of these signals are 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 information. Right? They're information that if we know how to understand our body's language, they really help us and inform us to be able to know how to nourish our bodies, take care of our bodies. And if we do that, we can most likely feel a lot better, right? Our body, because our body and us are on the same team. Hmm. Yeah. And these signals aren't so different than the signal of, like, I'm thirsty, yeah, or I'm hungry. Most of us know what those signals are, but we, we, we're never taught, you know, we don't have the language for understanding what the signals of our body are and how to respond to those. So what happens is because, you know, we might miss those signals when they're quieter, our, our body uh, will turn up this, the volume, right? It'll make the pain louder. It'll make the tension louder, the fatigue louder. So we have to listen. Right. Mm. So our body's like, bitch, you're going down. You know? Like <laughs> I'm just putting yeah. you on the floor right now. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, that's that's what can happen to so many people. I see it all the time. Um, and it's it's unfortunate because we live in a culture that kind of reinforces that. So what I'm trying to develop in my coaching approach. Working individually with people and in groups with people is to understand what it means to have a consensual Mm -hmm. relationship with your body, right? Mm. To not see your body's signals as inconveniences, but to be in a conversation with your body so that you can shift from doing things to your body, overriding your body, to starting to partner with your body. And thanking it for the messages that it's that it's giving you. And at the foundation of that is learning how to um, and we can talk about this, you know, a little bit more, but it's it's one of the big missing pieces I see from so many approaches to movement and fitness is really understanding how to be in relationship with your nervous system.
1: Mm,
0: mm. That's really helpful to hear, like what it means to, like what it looks like to, to listen to the body. And like, I'm also feeling like there might be some people listening who's like, I don't, I don't even know if my body is giving me messages. Like, I don't know if I'm overriding my body because I'm so disconnected that like the basic needs, wants, desires, and attention that my body is trying to give me, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm hearing it. So like could you give some examples of what overriding your body looks like? Like some things that we're doing, maybe even some habits that we are participating in that yeah. create that disconnect or that that feeling of overriding our bodies?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you brought up a good point. A lot of us are are really disconnected um, from our bodies and, you know, disassociation from our bodies can be a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. right or for trauma for dealing with things that are overwhelming um so i don't think that disassociating is bad i think it's actually um it's a tool that we have it can be actually really helpful like if you're getting eaten by a tiger like you wanna you wanna go someplace else (laughs) you know what i mean like that is real helpful (laughs) If that's, you know, God forbid, right. That ever happens. Um, so, you know, our body, our, well, our brains don't understand the difference between being eaten by a tiger and dealing with some other kind of threat. Right. So it can develop that response habitually. And then if we get kind of stuck in that's that's our mode of dealing with things, then that's where it can be challenging. Right. Because Mm. we're, we're used to going somewhere else all the time. And then we can also reinforce that with things like, you know, just scrolling mindlessly on our phones, you know, sitting for long periods, like, um, not really being very much in tune with, you know, how your body's feeling, needing to move, to get up. Right. A lot of work environments really, reinforce I think some places are getting better but so many work environments reinforce you know disconnecting and checking out from your body because it's like an interruption to productivity Mm. right um Mm. so I think what can be helpful with that is starting to um starting to think about like how how you want to be um, intentionally in relationship with your body beyond the, um, the way that you've been trained and enculturated and taught to be in relationship with your body. And I think giving yourself some grace is important, like that. You didn't get taught how to do this. You didn't get taught how to take care of yourself. Um, how to do basic maintenance on your body, you know, Um, and to accept that it's going to take time, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's one of the biggest things that I see and that I, I have to, you know, really often help people with is because we're so used to the mind wanting to control everything, we expect things to happen really fast. The mind is really fast, right? Like we can think about something, Faster than we can do something, yeah. So, part of it, I think, is just is uh, accepting that uh, the body has its own timeline, Mm. yeah, and -hmm. being gentle with yourself as you wake your body up and as you start to get to know it. You know, you might even just like it sounds silly, but you might just like actually like touch different areas of your body, you know, squeeze your arms your forearms, your upper arms, your shoulders, and just like say hello to your body. Mm. Say hello to yourself. Like, oh yeah, you have a body. That can be one way
0: to start. Mm. What comes up or like, what do, you, what do you tell folks that you work with who are like, okay, all of this is sounding really good good but being in my body is hard because i have chronic pain or because um i don't like my body i don't like the way my body looks or i've i've received a lot of messages that my body isn't a good body like I, i'm really curious about you know i i talk about the body so much on this podcast in my work I mean you can't have amazing sex without fully being in your body there's just no way to do that you can't experience the full depth of your pleasure without fully being in your body and I I'm realizing that it's very easy for me to say those words and you know to create, conversations about this stuff but the reality is that there are a lot of people who are just like there' yeah that sounds great for you but like it is very difficult for me to even be in my body and I understand that it's important I understand the benefits of it but dissociating has gotten me this far <laughs> um it's it's allowed me to do the things that I need to get done like how how do you work with people or, or what what advice or, or guidance do you give people who are like, being in my body is hard, and I don't, I don't know how to forge that relationship from this place um, because of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think being able to find ways to be in your body that feel good to you, that feel nourishing, and that feel grounding to you, um, is is really important. Right, And I think that when we think about rebuilding our relationship with our body, transforming our body, that can feel like a lot. That can feel really overwhelming, especially if you've spent decades or maybe your entire life disconnecting from your body. Yeah. So that's why I start with nervous system um, care. And nervous system practices, practices that are very gentle, that help you uh, reconnect with uh, feeling good in your body, feeling at home in your body, and helps you not only feel more in your body, but feel like uh, connected to the world around you. Yeah. That helps you feel connected to the support that you have um all around you at any given time right so learning how to be able to like rest into like so many of us are holding ourselves up all the time right we're like we're not connected to our feet we're not connected to our pelvis we're not connected to our core right so we're trying to kind of like hunch our shoulders up and clench our jaw because we don't feel supported by our own body but also the the earth right so learning you know even just like how to for a maybe it's for a breath yeah sink into reset surrender and receive that support can be a a really great place to start um and Mm -hmm. i just want to say like i empathize with people that are struggling with that because i have been there you know i still struggle with certain things with my body And it's, it's okay. Like, it's okay to have those struggles. I just want to say that because I think that part of what we can do is we can make things harder for ourselves by we make what we're experiencing wrong. Or we think that we shouldn't be experiencing what we're experiencing.
1: Mm. So Mm. part of
2: it too, can just be like, yeah, oh, I'm here. This is where I am. And that can create some relief, I think, too.
0: Yeah. I I love that you're talking about practices that are really, really small. Because I know for me, when I think about and when I've thought about creating more connection to my body, like my mind goes to the maximum way to do that. Like an hour-long yoga session where I am breathing intentionally and doing all of these intense stretches and what you're offering here is like allowing people to find their way back to their body in the most doable feasible um but powerful ways you know like i i think we we underestimate the power of giving our bodies intentional touch and like actually feeling into what we're feeling as we we're touching ourselves um or we like underestimate the power of a breath, you know, and how that can help us tap into our bodies. And I think that's even a remnant of, of fitness culture too. It's like, you got to go big, you got to go fast and strong. And
2: it's all about progression too. It's like, mm. it's never about like doing things that are just simple to nourish yourself. Like it's about getting somewhere else you know, you're always supposed to be getting to the next level. (laughs) Like, okay, what if your body wants to be at the level it is for a while? Mm. Is that okay? Mm. Maybe that's okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, and it's, it's really about trusting that, right? Like trusting, trusting your body. Like, I don't know. There, there have been moments where I'll pull something in my back, um, which has been happening a lot lately. And my love, you've been helping me to to work that out, I'm so appreciative of that. But in these instances where I pull something in my back, my instinct is to do these big stretches, and like even though I'm feeling that pain in my back, it's like, well, I got to work it out. And but my body is actually saying, no, I I need you to just like rest and to be still and to really sort of baby um, the movements of of this day or for how long it takes, and sometimes I've been frustrated because I'm like, no body, like, I don't want to rest. I have things to do. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to move slow. I don't want to not, you know, try to massage this kink out of my back. Like I got, I got to, I got to move. And, um, something that's been really beneficial for me is just like really listening to the voice of my body and seeing pain as an invitation to slow down or seeing tiredness in my body as a reason to rest. And, um, I think nurturing, nurturing trust is, is one of the biggest products of that, you know, just trusting that, like, if my body says I need to rest, it needs to rest. And I, I don't have to, I don't have to have a whole argument about it. Like I can trust the wisdom and the voice of my body.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think what a, what a gift to give to your body. Like your body is trying so hard all the time.
1: Mm, I think we don't,
2: we don't give our bodies enough credit, right? We, we think about our bodies when they're hurting or when they're, you know, there's something wrong with our bodies that we perceive. And think about like with your back, like how long your back was showing up for you and doing its best. And maybe there were certain things that you were doing, ways you were holding yourself, ways you were moving that you didn't know, like were challenging or, you know, taxing for your back. And maybe Mm -hmm. it just, like, you weren't taught also to listen to those messages. Maybe it was giving you messages that whole time, but you didn't know, like, you didn't know how to listen to it. So like, part of it I think is, Acknowledging that, and like you know giving yourself some grace, giving your body some grace, and then learning how to over time, I think this is the goal is like to listen sooner right mm-hmm. to try to listen sooner to those messages your body is giving you, and not see them as inconveniences, but to welcome them as as feedback, and I'm just thinking about like your your back with it, you know. when you pull something, it always sucks when you pull something. And I used to do the same thing with my neck. Like I would sleep weird and tweak something. Then I would try to stretch it at the maximum. Like, and it always made it worse, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not taught to see like, oh yeah, when your body, like you have a pulled muscle or something. It's like a, it's like a scared, hurt little kid. You know, you wouldn't come up to a scared, hurt little kid and be like, Oh, I see your knee is messed up. So go run. Or maybe some some of us weren't taught that. <laughs> <laughs> no? Right. But yeah. like most good parents would see, like, oh, that kid, like, maybe if it's not that serious, it does need some reassurance. But if it is serious, like, yeah, you need to like slow down and take care of that. You need some like nurturing, some mothering, you know, like energy toward it. Um, and I think that's the part of learning how to work with your nervous system to where you know how to, there's a critical point when you pull something where if you know how to work with your nervous system, you can uh, resource safety again Yeah, in those moments. And um, a lot of the time, maybe it doesn't go away completely, but you can severely um You're not severely, but you can significantly impact the degree that it's going to be hurting or, you know, flaring up. Um, so I think that is, that's something I bring up a lot. Like I've brought up a lot in this conversation, but I just think is, is so important. It's one of the languages that most of us were never taught, but is, it has the impact to not only change your relationship with your body, but your relationship with others. Like, You know, back to the body consent thing. If you're really in tune with your body, your body can tell you whether something like a choice you want to make in your life, something you want to do, person you want to hang out with, like your body can tell you whether it's a yes or not. Mm. Right? If you're in touch with yourself, like, so I just want to encourage people that like, maybe they have a strife ridden relationship with their body. I get it. But, if you do the work to you know learn to be kind to your body, to learn to slowly inhabit your body, it doesn't have to be all at once, like there's so much um waiting for you, you know, so many things to look forward to on the other side of that.
0: Um, yeah mm. Mm. you've offered so many beautiful gems and nuggets of wisdom and reclamation in this conversation. And um, you know, I could talk to you all day and I actually do because we live together now. Um, Mm -hmm. But as we, as we bring this conversation to a close, I just wonder if, if there's anything else that is on your heart that you would like to, offer us to keep us and hold us in our own bodies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. And yes, I could talk about this stuff all day. Um, it's something I am super passionate about because I believe that, I believe that feeling good in your body, whatever level that's at um, is is so important for individuals, but also for the world. Um, I think that people are kinder and, um, uh, just, just better humans when they feel good in their bodies, they feel at mm. home in their bodies. I also think that, um, the more embodied you are and the more you feel like the harder it is to look away from injustice. Um, harder it is to to be uncaring to other people um to be uncaring to yourself so while feeling can be a pain in the ass (laughs) sometimes um yeah i just want to say that you know it it is so worth it to walk down this path to take this journey um and you also you don't have to do it alone You know whether that's finding support from community from friends you know from a coach like the way i work with people like that support is out there it may take a little bit more to look through because there is so much stuff that is about you know kind of overriding your body telling your body what to do but there are there are other voices there are other messages out there um and i just encourage you uh to find what find what resonates with you and and tune in and listen to your body and how it feels you know when you read the description for a class or you know when you're going through a class or a program or an or just a simple stretch you know tune in and notice maybe you're not good at it at first and that's okay like of course you wouldn't be if you are used to disconnecting overriding but over time you will get better with it and and slowing down um is really really helpful with that that's probably one of the most annoying things that my clients have to hear from me all the time it's like I'll be like cool (laughs) you did that really good now do it at half the speed of half of half of what you just did
0: (laughs) you know yeah Thank you, honey. Thank you for for holding this space, for giving us permission to slow down and listen to our own bodies. Um, the work you do is so important. And I've seen so many beautiful transformations from the folks you've worked with. Some have even found you through me, which is really cool that um, in the yeah. the workshops we've done together, folks have really been attracted to the way that you teach regarding movement and embodiment um and I think that says something for sure yeah
2: yeah it's been an honor honestly like to have just people from different um backgrounds different um experiences that they've had with their body um come to me because I am a I'm a cis white you know, albeit will queer man. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it can be a little bit vulnerable for people to like, um, trust someone that looks like me uh, that carries the identities that I carry, um, to, to receive support. So I don't take that lightly. And I feel very honored, um, to be able to support the people that have come through you, uh, to help them reimagine to heal their relationships with their bodies, so uh, yeah, I I am uh, just very yeah very grateful.
0: Mm. I'm grateful for you. Well, as we as we end, um, please tell us where people can find you, um, where they can support your work, and also like where people might be able to potentially work with you if that's something that they're into
2: yeah 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 so um i'm not sure when this comes out if i will have space available but i'm always open to um receiving messages comments from people um i love to connect with anyone that is looking to uh looking to feel better in their bodies so That's always inspiring to me. And If you want to check out my work, you want to check out some of the case studies of folks that I've worked with or some of the um, content that I've published in my podcast or different things like that. Maybe you're just wanting to learn more about what a different approach might look like that, that focuses on the foundations of, of movement, that focuses on healing your nervous system. Um, you can check me out at I have a new website which is pretty cool uh,
0: yeah you do it's so beautiful too <laughs> yeah it took
2: me nine months to finish um but I did a uh so it's a embodied you can check me out there I have a free workshop you can check out if that's really the best way to kind of learn more about um, what I do and um, the approach that I take
0: beautiful thank you so much my love for coming on and giving us a taste of your brilliance
2: Thank you for inviting me once again.
0: Shout out to my man, (laughs) the love of my life, Jonathan, for sharing himself with us and giving us a lot to think about when it comes to body consent and inhabiting our bodies. I know I gained a lot from this conversation, and I intend to look for ways I can deepen the respect and noticing I have with my own body. So thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. One thing that I regret not asking Jonathan during our chat was for some practices that can help us cultivate body consent that can have us exploring the messages and requests our body is trying to alert us to in real time. So I asked Jonathan to share a practice with us so that we could begin to put body consent into motion. Here's what he gave us. It is called breath as consent practice, and I'm just going to read um, the practice as he wrote it down to me. The foundation of body consent is learning how to work with your nervous system rather than trying to fight against or overwrite it. There are several ways we can learn to do this, but one of the simplest is by learning to listen to the breath as feedback. When we use the breath as feedback, we can begin to discern what movements our bodies are a yes or no to. It can even help us make important choices about which projects to take on, what career choices to make, and what relationships we want to nurture. But for now, we'll start with movement and use the breath to help us learn to honor our body's boundaries. One of the beautiful things you'll find about this practice is by honoring your body's boundaries, you will build trust with your body. And either very quickly or over time, your body will start trusting you with bigger movements, more challenging movements, and more freedom of expression. So to start this practice, we'll do a quick body scan. You can do this standing, seated, or lying down, whatever's most comfortable for you. Tuning in to your face, relaxing, the muscles around your eyes and jaw, move your awareness to your neck and shoulders, allowing them to sink and soften. Direct your attention to your chest now, letting it melt and open. Allow your muscles to hang on your bones like a well-worn coat. Now bring your attention to your breath. Let your breath become slow and soft, like a warm summer breeze moving in and out of your belly. Feel your breath moving through your body like a soothing tide, massaging and relaxing your internal organs. You might let your pelvis, your spine, and your shoulders Sway a little with the breath, almost as if they're being carried like driftwood on this ocean current. From here, staying connected to your breath, come into either a seated or standing position if you're lying down, and begin rounding and arching your spine slowly it's best to start with a small range of motion and to go very slowly at first. As we talked about today, fitness culture and modern life teaches us to do things big and fast, and this pacing might be a bit uncomfortable. So feel free to pause at any time. But if that's feeling okay for you, Just practice rounding your spine like you're wrapping your belly and chest around a barrel. Then arch and extend your spine like you're resting your back on a large supportive ball. As you do this, observe your breath. Notice where you might be holding your breath or if your breathing becomes tight or shallow. This is a signal, a yellow or perhaps red light, if you will, to either slow down and make the movement smaller or to resource more support, perhaps feeling more into the support of the ground or the chair, or to maybe connect more with the support of your deep layers of your core. If your breath is free and even, You can imagine this as a green light. And if you want, you can explore making the movement a bit larger, or you might explore some side bending or twisting. Try to tune in and see what your body wants to do rather than trying to tell your body what to do with your mind. While there are many more layers to developing body consent and rebuilding trust with your body, Hopefully, this short practice gives you a window into what starting to partner with your body can feel like an action. And he ends the practice there. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for taking the time to offer that practice to us. And uh, y'all should know that I've gone through this practice a few times myself And it's really interesting to notice what my body is communicating to me through my breath. There were moments where I could feel myself trying to override those signals to sort of push past the holding or tension that I was experiencing. And it was really cool to feel myself partnering with my body in real time and allowing my breath to soften me to be with it Where it was. So, yes, a simple but powerful practice that uh, I encourage you all to try for yourself. Before I go, I wanted to tell you about a virtual class I'll be teaching with Jonathan this Sunday, November 13th. During this workshop, we'll be exploring some of the themes of this episode today and leading folks in practices to help them restore trust in their bodies so that they can access their pleasure and softness. We'll create a space for you to experience how to feel good and safe in your body, and we'll give you tools to help you stay connected to yourself as you move through this fast-paced, pressurized world. This 90 minute workshop will be led by both of us. So Jonathan will teach one part and I'll teach the other. And together we'll be incorporating gentle breath work, organic movement, some Q&A and space for community sharing. I am so excited about this. This will be the first time in a minute that he and I will co-lead a class together And uh, I can't wait to be in practice with you and with him in real time. It's always so fun uh, when I get to teach with Jonathan. Again, this is happening this Sunday, November 13th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. To sign up, click the link in the show notes. And if you're not sure you can make it, sign up anyway. Uh, We'll be recording the workshop and you're welcome to join us later at your own time and pace. Okay, y'all, I really hope to see you this Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. And in the meantime, I'm wishing you lots of softness and gentle listening to your body. Sensual Self is created and hosted by me, Evian Whitney. It is edited by myself and Tribble. Music is by Melody Symphony from his song Just Healing. For show notes, transcripts, and resources for your sensuality, go to slash podcast. You can also follow the show on Instagram at sensual.self. I'm on Instagram at evion.whitney, and you can check out evionwhitney.com to find out more about me and my work. Also, check out my book, Sensual Self Prompts and Practices for Getting in Touch with Your Body. You can find that wherever you find books. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you in the next one.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?